Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I ask your blessing over this morning and all that you've already done, but all that you will do. Right now, as we get into this topic, Father, of, of, of your rainbow and exposing the lies of the enemy, I just pray, Father, that you would open our hearts and our minds. You would help us to understand what your word says. And I pray, God, that we would grab a hold of it. I thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You see, I've talked to us a lot about being able to see the enemy before he comes. Being able to identify the devil, his demons, and his attacks before they actually reach us. You know, personally, studying martial arts myself, there's a whole lot to being able to identify the strike before it comes so that you can block or counter the strike. If you watch MMA or you're into boxing and you probably watch your favorite fighter and you probably began to learn how they fight and how they move and you're probably, you could sit down with somebody that you know and you could say, watch, watch, I know how they do this. Well, just wait, it's coming, it's coming. And then bam, it happens. And then you're, you're, you say, I told you because you recognize their moves. In that same way, spiritually speaking, we have to be able to see the enemy coming before they come. You know, in other professional sports, they'll do some signals in baseball and this, and there, there's a whole lot to those signals. They're communicating to their teammates a certain play that they want to, to, to go ahead and run. And on the other side, there is a lot invested in hoping that you'll understand what the other team is doing by their signals. And when it comes to the enemy, how much greater advantage would the church have if we can see the enemy coming, if we can identify his attacks, if we can recognize how the devil's wanting to hurt us, our home, our family, our church, our community. And very specifically in this season, the world's, the public domain, the, the public educational school system is trying to indoctrinate our next generation and teach them something that is false and contrary to who God is. And the church needs to know. And the church needs to recognize and be able to see the enemy coming from a mile away. Be able to recognize and be able to act and react, but not just be on the defense, but be on the offense. You see, what our Heavenly Father has impressed on my heart is this. And here's your blank. To empower His church by exposing the lies of the enemy around God's rainbow. This is a big deal. To empower his church by exposing the lies of the enemy around God's rainbow. Now, I want you to notice, I did not say expose the lies of the LGBT community around God's rainbow. But exposing the lies of the enemy around God's rainbow. Here's what I want us to understand. We don't fight people. We fight dark spiritual forces we're not fighting the person but satan in the person we're recognizing how satan wants to attack how he wants to hinder what he what he wants to destroy what he wants to manipulate what he wants to confuse people with how he wants to hurt and hinder god's creation we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, the, the dark forces in this world. Those who want to come against God's people. Those who want to blind people from seeing who God is. And today we're going to jump into Genesis chapter 9. Now the story really begins in Genesis chapter 6. But what we see happen 
is that God eventually floods the earth and kills all living humanity and living creatures except for those who are in the ark. You've heard the story maybe, Noah and the ark. You see, at this time, and why God does what he does is because humanity was pure evil and not living the way God intended them to when he gave them free will. And so he instructs Noah, build this large boat. It would have been significantly even bigger than that. Build this large boat. And it's not like it took him a few months to build or, or, or a year to build. It would have been decade after decade that it would have taken him to build this boat. And all this time, nobody repented. They saw him building the boat. What are you doing, Noah? Why are you building? God says he wants me to build this boat. We're not living right with God. And so he goes on and he's building this boat year after year, decade after decade. Finally, the day comes. The boat's finished. The floodwaters come. They come from underneath the ground. They come from above the ground until the point where the whole earth was flooded. Everyone died except for those who were in the ark, in the boats. Noah, his family, and the animals. Well, eventually, the floodwaters recede. And Noah and his family and all, the, and all the animals come off the boat. And as Noah and his family come off the boat, he, Noah sets up this altar and he begins to worship the Lord. And in response to his worship, this is what the Lord says in Genesis chapter 9, beginning in verse 8. We're going to read to 17. It says this, Then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you, and your descendants, and with all the animals that we have on the boat with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, every living creature on earth. Verse 11. Yes, this is God speaking. I am confirming my covenant with you. In other words, this, the creator of the universe is making a promise with humanity. He's saying, I am going to confirm that I have made you a promise that my wrath will not come upon you as it had. He says this, never again will the floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. Verse 12. Then God said, I am giving you a sign of my covenant. Can someone say sign of my covenant? See, God didn't just make a promise. He said, I'm going to give you a symbol of my promise so that you always know that I keep my word. It's going to be a, a symbol to you, and it's going to be a symbol to me, God says. He says, I am, I'm, I, he, he says this, I am giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all living creatures for all generations to come. In other words, this wasn't just for a time then. It is for all generations, including now. It is for 2023. Verse 13, I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. When I send the clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds. And I will remember my covenant with you. God will remember. See, there's part where we need to remember. Where we need to see and remember. And then there's where God needs to remember and see. It says this. This is very important here. 
I'll say it again in 15. And I will remember my covenant with you and with all living creatures. Never again will the flood waters destroy all life. And then 16 says this. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. Why is it so important that God see the rainbow? Wouldn't it just make sense for us to see the rainbow? Why is it important for God himself to see the rainbow? Because God's wrath had been over humanity in all of their chaos and all of their sin and all of their homosexuality and all their perverseness and all of their evil and all the sin upon sin, all the cheating, stealing, lying, all of that. And then God says, when I see the rainbow, when he sees the rainbow, his wrath is, is turned away. It says this in verse 17, then God said to Noah, Yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant, his promise, and I am confirming with all creatures on the earth. You see, this is a significant and often overlooked moment between humanity and God. A covenant between God Almighty, creator of the universe, who spoke life into each and every one of us, who knew us in our mother's womb, who knows each and every one of us. And he says, I'm making you a promise. I'm making you a promise, a sign. See, evil had, evil had flooded the earth. They were doing everything. Their minds were corrupt. Their hearts were corrupt. Their lifestyles were corrupt. So God floods the earth, saving Noah and his family. Listen, and, and I want us to understand a little bit more of this and, and kind of get a little bit of a bigger picture. But in the context of this flood, you know, there's a lot of people who try to say that the flood never existed. The flood never happened. That God never did this. And, and this is exactly that's the answer to a lot of times people will say the question, well, if God is so good, why, does, why do bad things happen to people? Here's the answer right here. The reason why stuff happens is because of sin. Evil. Wrong. This is the reason why. Nobody can say, well, if God is good, no, God is good. He's so good that he's just. He don't, God is not like, he, I, I didn't see nothing. Fast. No, he's good because he's good. Did you know that, I mean, there are several ancient civilizations that speak about a great flood? I mean, nearly every ancient civilization speaks about this flood, not just us with the Bible. Nearly every ancient civilization speaks about this flood. The Mesopotamians, those from India, the Greeks, the Chinese, the Mayans. They all have a story similar to the great flood. The closest one that's to scripture is from ancient Babylon, which also includes a, a rainbow. And they have these stories that something happened. And you could imagine, you could imagine that as the story came and as everything happened, that the story suddenly changed over time as people, and they, they put their own twist in it, especially as they walked away from God. When it comes to this moment, I think what a lot of times people don't understand is the heart of God. They don't understand God's heart. God is choosing to look at our sin differently in this season. And the rainbow is such an important part of this journey. See, in the original translation in the Hebrew, and you have to understand that the Old Testament, the first testament, was written in Hebrew. And this word bow is the word cassettes, which, which, which means bow. And when you pair it with the word rain, it became rainbow. As, the, as it rained and it would come out in the clouds, there would be a rainbow. But this specific word here is cassette, and it means bow. 
God gave in its brilliant colors and calls it a rainbow. Now, this word is so, so important for us to understand because it is the same Hebrew word that is found in other places. In the book of Psalms, chapter 7, verses 11 through 12, I want you to see this. It says this, God is a righteous judge and a God who shows indignation every day. Verse 12, if one does not repent... He will sharpen his, his sword. He has bent his bow and taken aim. This bow that is a military weapon is the same exact Hebrew word as the rainbow. The exact same one. So you see it in the cloud. It is the exact same Hebrew word. In Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 9 through 11 it says this. You removed your bow from its holder. From its military position. The arrows of your word were sworn. You divided the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and quaked. The downpour of water swept by. The deep raised its voice. It lifted high its hands. Sun and moon stood in their lofty places. They went away at the light of your arrows. At the radiance of your flashing spear. This word bow that's described as a weapon of God is the very same Hebrew word used to describe the rainbow. The bow of God. God's rainbow. Have you ever wondered why the rainbow is in an actual shape of a bow? Why would God make it in that shape? If God's going to give us a symbol and a sign, why would he put it in the shape of a rainbow? Why would he do that? But let me ask you this. Not only why would God put it in this shape, why would God put it in the direction that it's facing? In other words, why isn't the rainbow this way or this way or this way? Why is the rainbow facing this way? Why did God do that with his intention, with his creation? You see, I want us to understand that God's bow is not facing humanity. The God has made a promise that with all of our sin, with all of our chaos, his bow is not facing us. But rather, in Genesis chapter 9, it says this in verse 16, When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature. So in other words, God will see the bow. Which direction is the bow facing? It's facing God. So that when God sees the rainbow and he sees all of our sin and he sees all of our mess, he doesn't come his, because he's holy, because he's righteous, because he is good, because the bow is facing him. And not us. He remembers that, you know what? This is a season for people to repent. This is a season for people to get right with God. This is a season for people. This is a season of grace. And so his wrath isn't turned on us. But there will be a time. There is a judgment time. There is a time that is coming when everyone will be held accountable for their, for their sins, for the wrong things they've done. And the only way out is through Jesus Christ and what he's done for each and every one of us. And so you see this rainbow. This rainbow is God's promise to humanity. To humanity. Because evil had flooded the earth and that's not what God had in mind. 
He wanted people to live right, live right with each other, and live right with him. He wanted us together in that way. But with all the cheating, with all the stealing, all the sexual perversion, all the other gods, the sin upon sin. And he says, I've turned my wrath away. So he makes a promise and he chooses a rainbow. You see, this is this season for humanity to find God. In the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 26 through 27, it says this. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might feel around for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Here's the truth. God's close. Even for that person, you think, well, they're lost. They're not walking with the Lord. God's close to them. We can't make them serve the Lord. But we can certainly be present there for them. We can certainly be encouraging them. We can certainly be praying for them and fasting for them and being a light to them and encouraging them in the Lord. We can do those things. But God is present. He reminds us in, in the beginning of Romans that he, everyone is without excuse because he has revealed himself to all of creation. But the devil, the old devil has a plan. And he's been working at it for some time to blind us to God. To blind us so that we won't see that this is a season of grace to turn to God. A period of time. The devil doesn't want people to, to find out that the rainbow described in the Bible actually is a time for us to turn to the Lord. No, he wants to use it as a symbol of mockery. A symbol of everything. He wants to use it for that. But we need Christians, men and women, people who will stand up for the things of God. Again, we don't go and fight people. I don't need you to go and get into arguments with people. God doesn't need you to defend him that way. But he does need you to know the truth. He does need you to share the truth. He does need you to recognize the season, see that, that humanity is going to hell in a handbasket, and do something about it. He does need you to step in and put your foot in that door from closing. He does need you to stand in the gap for people. He does need you to speak the truth because the clock is ticking. You know, the devil wants the rainbow to be a leprechaun thing. That's how it started. Nice little leprechaun, four-leaf clover. You're going to find gold on the other side of the rainbow. It was like the step to the step of blinding us. Some of you are like, well, Pastor, what about my lucky charms? You need to let those go. <laughs> Pastor, you're being too much. Oh, I'm trying to wake us up. Amen. We got to be about it. From the leprechaun to the gay and transgender community. It's, 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 it's not the people. It's Satan inside of them. We have to know who we're fighting. Who we're fighting. Satan has a plan to blind us. And again, we don't hate gay and transgender people. We hate Satan who lives in them. We hate Satan who has blinded them. We hate Satan who confuses Christians. We hate Satan who has stolen the rainbow from God's story, from his people. 
Now, remember what the Bible says, and I've mentioned this. I'm going to say it again. We do not fight against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of darkness. Why do I say that? Why is that so important? Because we want to see gay and transgender people come to know Christ. We, we want to see chains broken in their life. We want to see them free from this. They don't even recognize that they're prisoners. They don't see and know. And I, and I can tell you, this, is, this, this could not be a popular message in 2023, but we well preach God's word. And, and we ain't coming to beat anybody over the head with the Bible, but we sure well bring Jesus' message of hope and healing in Christ. We well in Jesus' name. It's Satan we have a problem with. So we stand our ground. And very importantly, we make sure that we do not allow the public to indoctrinate our next generation. We'll tell them the truth. We'll prepare them for the things that they need to know most. We'll stand our ground. The rainbow belongs to God. It is something between God and humanity. And that's what it is. Hashtag God. It's God's rainbow. You see, what God meant for good has been turned into evil. And the problem is, there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, you know, they just stay silent. You know, I just, you know, I just do me. I go to church. I show up on Sunday. You know, that's, I don't know. How should I get involved? Why should I get, listen, you're a Christ. You, you, you are Christ followers. God doesn't need us to defend him. But God certainly wants to use us so that chains are broken in other people's life. How dare us have this powerful message inside and stay silent? We can't. Do not give up. Do not give up. Listen, I want to I talk about this a little bit more in exposing the enemy's plan. And so there's a few things that I want to point out today. The very first thing is this, is that love is not love. God is love. This is so important for us to understand, every single one of us. Love is not love. God is love. Can you say it with me? God is love. You see, the enemy wants to confuse us. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll put billboards and signs everywhere. You'll see them with, with the rainbow, and they'll say, love is love. No, how can love be love? What's the source of love? Love needs a source. Where did it come from? Who designed it? Who put it into be? Where, where did it come from? It needs a designer, a creator, a source. You see, God created love. He himself is love. In fact, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, it says this, and so we know and rely On the love God has for us, God is love. Whoever lives lives in love lives in God and God in them. God is love. He's the creator of it. He's the designer of it. He says what it is. We can't allow the, the world to confuse the truth and we just stay silent. No, God is love. That is the truth. That's what God's word teaches us, that he is love. The world wants to replace God in the sentence of love. 
Just completely remove him, completely remove him from culture, from society. And, and, and is, this, is this the people? You have to understand, this isn't even the, the people. It is people voting and that kind of thing, but it's the enemy working through all of these areas. And it's the church, we got to stand up against him. We got to stand up against the, the spiritual dark forces. The world wants to replace God in the sentence of love. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says this, But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's love. It's not love is love. No, God is love. And here's the description of love. Sacrificial. That Jesus would do what he did for us. That's love. That's love. Can you see the enemy's plan? We must stand our ground. God is love. The other thing that I want to point out is this. Is that God created men to be men and women to be women. And God created men and women for each other in holy matrimony. That's so important that we understand this. Anything other than this is demonic perversion. We have to understand. Well, Pastor, it's, it's, it's 2023. No, anything else other than what God created is demonic perversion. Can you see Satan's plan? Weaken men, confused women, same-sex attraction, desires to become something different than what God created you to be. Satan's plan? Men wanting to be women. Women wanting to be men. And then it gets so crazy from there. People wanting to become animals. Or somebody say, you know what? Uh, I, I mean, it's out there right now. It's out there. People saying, you know what? I identify, say I'm a white man. But I identify as an African-American man. I, I mean, this, this is this spirit of perversion that is out there right now. And it's so important that we expose his plan, expose his lies. That we would see the demonic perversion that is taking place. Here's what I want us to understand. We are called to be who God made you to be and trust his plan. Be who God made you to be and trust his plan. If you're a man, then you're a man. If you're a woman, then you're a woman. That, that's just the way it is. In his divine wisdom, this is what he says. Well, how do people get confused? Because somewhere, somewhere there was an open door. Do you know how Satan comes in? Someone opens a door. Spiritually speaking, someone exposes someone to something and, and demons look for an opportunity. And as spiritual leaders, as parents, you need to protect your child from the spiritual things. Close doors. Don't allow doors that should not be opened in your child's life. Somewhere a door opens and they came right in. So what do we do about that? We'll say the door has been opened. What, what do we do about that? Well, here is, where, here is where we do spiritual warfare. Here's where we command Satan and his demons to leave. You're not fighting the person. 
You're fighting the enemy. You're fighting the enemy in the person. We have to understand this. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says this. So God created. Who created? God, the master, creator of the universe. The one with all the wisdom. The one who spoke life and who knows each and every one of us. He created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. What does it say? Male and female, he created them. There's not a third gender. There's not a third gender. There was never meant to be confusion about this. I mean, I mean, think about it. Even from a scientific perspective, your body parts are distinctive to who God created you to be. If you have these body parts, then you're, then you're one gender. If you have these other ones, then, you, then, then you're that gender. There's just no confusion about that. I mean, even at a cellular level, your chromosomes are distinctive to who God created you to be. It's, it's inside you. God created you to be one way. And God does not make mistakes. The lie of the devil is strong, though. To bring confusion, to hinder people. To, to cause them to go down a road that is, that is no good. Somewhere Satan is he's try, he's trying to get in. And, and, and the public school system and all these things, they are indoctrinating our kids. Teaching them things that are contrary to who God is, to who God says we are. Instead of having our identity in Christ, but we must stand firm. You know, this whole idea of transgenderism is from the pit of hell. Yet You, you, you have to understand that. In Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse 5, it says this, A woman shall not wear a man's clothing, nor shall a man put on woman's clothing. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. You see, when God says this, he is not simply talking about clothing. you got to understand scripture. He is talking about those who would not only want to dress like the opposite sex, but who want to desire to be the opposite sex. God says that that is an abomination to him. Something that is purely evil. He is against, he is not for that at all. It is detestable to God. You have to understand these things. God created differences between men and women. And these things are not to be disregarded, especially by his church. These things are very serious in the eyes of God. you got to understand, God created men for women and women for men. That's what it was meant to be. right? Men for women and women for men. I mean, even at the most basic, basic level, okay, you look at the body parts. You, you, you can see and relate. It was, it was never meant to be any other way. It wasn't meant to be men with men or women with... It was never meant. That's not God's design. That is demonic perversion. That is Satan has made his way in and confused, blindfolded, brought fog over their eyes so they cannot see. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22, Do not practice homosexuality having sex with another man as with a woman. It is a detestable sin. This is what the Lord says. 
Our Heavenly Father is clear. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe it. Well, you know, Pastor, it's, it's, it's 2023. You know, the, the Bible's old. God has not aged. His Bible has not aged. His word is alive. Listen, that is why it is, it, it, it's so important that you understand the Bible in its context. Some people like to say, well, well, you know, only, and I only read the New Testament. Well, you know, it says these same things in the New Testament. But if you put things into perspective, hear me, if you put things into perspective, what Bible did Jesus preach from? Old Testament? Who did Paul and Peter and all the disciples preach from? Old Testament? So in the New Testament, we're watching them preach from where? The Old Testament. That's what they're preaching from. In the New Testament, we see what they did. But what messages were they giving the people from the Old Testament? You you, got to look at the context of it. And, and, And sometimes the word old hinders us. It would be better if we said the First Testament and the Second Testament, or it's just the Bible. It's just, it's just the holy word of God. That's what it is. You see, we are in a season of grace to turn towards him. To bring as many people as possible. To preach hope and healing in Christ. Remember the rainbow. God's rainbow His bow is not facing us, but it's facing him. It's a season where that bow is completely turned around, but a day of wrath will come. There will be a judgment day. But right now, when you see that rainbow in the sky, be reminded that it is a covenant between God Almighty and all of humanity, all of creation, that he promises his wrath is held back for this season, for this season. May many, many people come to Christ. May you be a part of many, many, many people finding hope and healing in Christ. You see, Christians, Christ followers, we must stand and worship God. And I want to say this to you. If you have felt feelings of homosexuality or wanting to change your gender, Understand that that is a lie from the devil. Understand what it is. Be able to see the enemy coming from a mile away. Be able to determine his strike before it gets there. There's a demon. Some, something is there. Something is causing confusion. Something is, is, is absolutely there. And if you've been at a place where you, you feel like something's going on, let's talk about it. Listen, I'm available to people. If anybody needs to talk about it, everybody here has, a, has my cell phone number, has access. If you want to talk, let's set up a time. Let's talk. We could meet with the team. We could meet with the pastors. You just want to meet with me, we, we could talk about it. If you have close friends or family members who are living this lifestyle, do not give up on them. Understanding you're not fighting them. You're fighting Satan in them. Do not give up on them. And at the same time, do not support their lifestyle. When you support it, you're giving up on them. But pray for them. Continue to share Christ with them. Be there for them. Pray with them. Talk with them. Encourage them. Do not give up on them. So here's my challenge. We'll close in prayer. 
two parts. First, do your part to expose the lies of the enemy. That's not LGBTQ. That's God's rainbow. And that rainbow is a sign, a covenant, a promise from God for all of creation. It is nothing else. God created it. Secondly, join Christ's followers in praying against the devil's plan and agenda. We gotta up our prayer game. We gotta, we gotta become spiritual prayer warriors. We gotta recognize the, the, the plan of the enemy, how he wants to strike, and we gotta, we gotta stand our ground. It's time, it's time. Let me take a moment to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning and the opportunity to be in your house. The opportunity, Father, to share your word. And thank you, Father, that your word is, is not outdated, but it is alive and it speaks to moments right now. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the church. And I pray, God, that you would continue to strengthen the church, encourage the church, pour into the church, teach the church your ways. I pray, God, that this word today would be sealed in our hearts. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done. Continue to lead and guide us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be reminded of what your rainbow is. A sign, a covenant, a promise that your wrath is turned away for the season. And that we are called to share our faith so that many would come to know who you are. God, strengthen us and encourage us. And in that same way, Father, I come against Satan and his demons right now in Jesus' name. I cancel the plans of the enemy in Jesus' name. I rebuke Satan and his demons in Jesus' name. I bind Satan and his demons in Jesus' name. I cast Satan and his demons into the pits of hell in Jesus' name. I pray for freedom. Freedom from God. Freedom for God's people. Freedom for our family, our loved ones. Freedom, Lord, for humanity. God, may you send us out to be a bright light for who you are. Would you strengthen us and encourage us, Lord? Would we bring glory to your name? Oh, Father, we bless you. We love you. We love you, Father.